you're listening to the Late Night Football Show with your host, Rohit Singh. That's me. On this show, we talk about some of the most serious, least silly topics from the world of football for your entertainment and enjoyment. Please remember that the show is BYOL. Bring your own laughs, since we don't have the budget for a studio audience. Happy listening. Hello everyone and welcome to Late Night Football. It looks like things are slowly picking back up, which is great. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy because we're in the home stretch now, it would seem. So just a little more time, just hang in there. Alright, now let's get into today's episode. We usually start with news relating to COVID-19, but tonight that is trumped by a bizarre story that came out this week which was that part-time football club and full-time sponsorship card, Manchester United, have filed a lawsuit against Sega and Sports Interactive over the use of their Manchester United name in the football manager game without the proper authorization. Now basically, if you have ever played football manager, which FYI is different from FIFA manager and championship manager, you'll know that they have Manchester United as a club but only with a red and white striped crest. The reason, of course, is that club crests are trademarked, so you can't use one without proper permissions, i.e. money. But club names generally have been okay to use, even if they do modify it a little bit, like UTD instead of United, or Man instead of Manchester, or another example is Atletico or ATL Madrid instead of Atletico Madrid. Anyway, United's case is that using only the name and not the quest is an example of trademark infringement. So here's the deal folks, the club is saying that a video game not using something that is trademarked is an example of trademark infringement. That's like saying that if I don't buy a product at a store, I'm guilty of shoplifting. Sounds bizarre, right? Well, United's lawyers obviously knew that, so they came back with the argument that because United is such a well-known recognizable brand, I guess they use such instead of only as a typo, but (laughs) because United are a well-known recognizable brand, the fans expect to see the club's logo when they see the name. Okay, so I played Football Manager 2007 a long time ago, but I didn't care that most of the clubs didn't have the proper club crest. Would I have liked those to be on there? Yes, of course. But did I expect it or need it to enjoy the game? Absolutely not. I can't imagine any fan playing the game and thinking, oh, I'm gonna play with Manchester United. Wait, what is this red and white BS on here? Where's the club quest? The iconic red devil. You know what? This is a disgrace. They should be sued. I'm not playing this game. No, this is most likely what happens. Great, I got football manager. I'm gonna play with Manchester United. I'm gonna own the club since I can do a better job than the idiot Glazers. Let me get rid of the overpaid dross on here, bring in some actual talent to complement the few good players I have, and a season or two later, voila, I win the league and the Champions League. That's actually what happens. (laughs) Anyway, there was one reasonable argument made in there that even though the games are released with the red and white striped quest, mods and patchmakers are encouraged by Sega to develop quests which can be downloaded later on by the gamers. This is of course only an allegation, but if it is true, then yes, that is worthy of a lawsuit and a remuneration because that would classify as trademark infringement. However, this whole thing smacks of a desperate attempt 
to generate revenue off of something so trivial, especially after the dismal Q1 financial reports that came out this week for the club. Keep in mind that Football Manager first came out in 1992, so in the 28 years since, Manchester United have never had a problem with the system currently used, but have only now decided to act on it. I can already imagine the conversation in the boardroom when they were discussing it going like this. We've been decimated financially in the latest reports. How are we going to make money? What do we do? We can't sell any more sponsorships because there's no football being played. Well, my kid was playing football manager the other day and I happened to notice that our club is on there but there's no club quest. We could sue EA for not using the club quest and tell them to pay us to use it. That'll give us a few millions. It sounds crazy, but it just might work. Get on the phone with the lawyers and get them to work on the case ASAP. Um, sir? Football manager is owned by Sega. EA already has the rights to the Premier League for our club. Damn it. Alright, it'll still be a few hundred thousands and we'll get the marketing team to do media and tweet about this endlessly so we can increase our media and social metrics at the very least for the next quarter. Get on it now. That sounds embarrassing, really. What, what the club are doing, not my imitation of the conversation. That was great. I think so. On to other news now, and here's a genuinely legit piece of information. La Liga's coming back. And no, this time it isn't Loudmouth Tebas saying so. Nope, this one comes directly from the Spanish Prime Minister. The government has given La Liga the green light to resume from the 8th of June, but since that's a Monday and football likes its weekend schedules, the league will probably resume from 12th of June. How about that? For weeks we've had to hear Tebas talking about how La Liga was resuming soon, and now it's finally gonna happen. I suppose if you talk about something long enough, one of these days it will come true. It's called the law of averages. Anyway, this is amazing news, not just in context of the football bubble that we all live in, but also because it means a step closer to a return to normal life for the public. Yay! Well, across the channel, things have been rather murky to say the least. English clubs officially asked players to return to training this week, though some clubs had already come back a couple of weeks earlier because they were probably feeling too lonely in their big rounds. However, Cojones man Troy Dini and the Never Gets Tired N'Golo Kante both opted not to return to training over safety fears, particularly after six people tested positive for COVID-19, three of whom were from Watford. And then there's the data which revealed that people of African, Asian and mixed descent are more vulnerable to the virus than others, so you can see where they're coming from. On the other hand, Liverpool captain Jordan Henderson said he was comfortable with the safety measures in place in training, which can also be translated to, I'm happy to return to training because I want football to restart as soon as possible so we can finally win the league. <laughs> in any case, the Premier League's current target of June 13 seems a little too ambitious, if only because the virus hasn't yet slowed down in the UK. But at the same time, the bags of money that they'd lose in TV deals means it's more likely that the Premier League will resume at some point. Sometime after that, the world will collectively go in mourning because Liverpool will win the league. Now, in some somber news, Spanish football's Benjamin Button, aka Aritz Aduris, has announced his retirement because of having to undergo a hip replacement surgery. The athletic Bilbao striker was hoping to play his final game in the Copa del Rey final, or the Spanish Cup final, against Real Sociedad, which will be the first all-basket final in the competition's history. But that got postponed due to the coronavirus, and unfortunately, the doctors told him that he couldn't wait that long. 
Adurus, for those of you who don't know, had actually been on a wonderful run from about 2012 to 2018 when he was scoring goals for Athletic. He scored his first goal for Spain and he also played in Euro 2016. Now what's remarkable about this is that he was in his mid-30s when he began this run. He was 35 when he scored his first goal for Spain and then became the oldest ever goal scorer for his country with his second goal that same year. He is a bona fide legend at Bilbao and hopefully they can go on to win the cup if the final is played as a tribute to him. It's always sad to see someone retire because of an injury but at least his final goal will be a treasured memory. An overhead kick with his first touch in the game against Barcelona when he came on as a substitute and gave them a last minute win. Find and watch that video if you can, it's a really wonderful goal. And as always, it's now transfer time. So Olivier Giroud and Willy Caballero have extended their contracts with Chelsea to cover the extended season due to COVID-19. Both of them were ending their contracts this season in June, but now that the season has been extended, they did the common sense thing and added some extra time to their contracts to finish the season with Chelsea. And who really thought that that was going to be controversial, right? <laughs> Steve Bruce has said that he would love it if the Saudi-led consortium took over Newcastle. Uh, Steve Bruce is the manager of Newcastle and hackers are already looking into his email inbox for signs of coercion or payouts after he made that statement. While the ethical dilemma of this whole deal is a conversation for another day, I think someone forgot to tell Bruce that if the deal does go through, then he will be out of a job because the Saudi prince is already looking for other candidates. The prince has also apparently been taking lessons from Vince McMahon during the WWE shows over there and practicing his You're Fired delivery as well as the obligatory Wishes him well in his future endeavors line for social media. Mario Goetze, scorer of Germany's World Cup winning goal in 2014 and once heir apparent to Pep's specialized false nine role at Bayern Munich, will leave Borussia Dortmund at the end of this season once his contract expires. The still only 27-year-old was once considered among the brightest prospects in world football, but today he's pretty much just a bench warmer for Dortmund, so it makes sense that he should leave. A top club will be hard to find though because even his old manager Jurgen Klopp, who used to manage him at Dortmund, doesn't really fancy him at Liverpool. And apparently this story never ends, but once again reports emerge that Neymar is almost certainly heading back to Barcelona in the summer. Now, never mind that the world is in the worst recession in almost 100 years and Neymar would cost at least £200 million to buy back, which makes it really impossible to fund in these times, but he's definitely going back to the new camp according to the report. Barcelona will make that deal happen by selling Coutinho to raise funds and by including Griezmann and Dembele as part of a player exchange deal for Neymar with PSG. Well, Barcelona have done some historically bad business since they sold Neymar in the first place, so it's no coincidence that they want to sell their three biggest money flops since that deal to get him back. It's sort of like a back to the future thing, right? Uh, we get Neymar back, we sell off those three, and we can all pretend that the last three years didn't happen at Barcelona. <laughs> and finally, Arsenal want to sign two midfielders this summer, Adrian Rabiot and Thomas Partey. Rabiot makes sense since he is mostly a bench warmer at Juventus, and since Juve took Aaron Ramsey this summer, who was a starter at Arsenal and then turned him into a bench warmer at Juventus, it's only fair that Arsenal take a bench warmer from Juventus and make him into a starter in return, which is what they will do with Adrian Rabiot. Thomas Partey reportedly wants to move to Arsenal. This is a guy who just recently played the game of his life to take Atletico Madrid into the quarterfinals of the Champions League against Liverpool, 
and he wants to play for a club that might not even make the Europa League next season. That makes sense, right? Now the real want here is that either the writer wanted a headline story and made this report up, or Thomas wants a big signing bonus and salary hike. Although Arsenal aren't necessarily known for spending money on transfers, so he'd be better off waiting for another club to approach him, really. Anyway, that's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. See you again next week. Take care. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to that episode on Late Night Football. Now, please remember to do all the right things by clicking on the share, like, and subscribe buttons. And say all the right things by commenting on the show. Positive feedback is welcome, and negative feedback will be ignored. Nah, I'm just kidding. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Links can be found in the description to the show. Make sure to join me for the next one. Take care.